Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Santa H., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, August 3rd, 2015. Today we are reading from the big book. We are on page 151, last paragraph, beginning with, Now and Then, A Serious Drinker. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Anne M., The Twelve Traditions, Lisa H., and reading the literature for today are Austin R., Chelsea H., and Penny C. Share ID number for Sunday, August 2nd, our special edition meeting by Marcella M. 12 Steps Working with Others is 7887. 7887. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. <clears throat> Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Anne M. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Anne M. from Minnesota. Um, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Good morning, Anne M. Thank you. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, 
may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics or to overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for this opportunity of service. Thank you, Anne M. I will now ask Lisa H. to read the 12th tradition. Good morning. This is Lisa H., a newly recovered compulsive overeater from West Tennessee. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Lisa H. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that your share that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. 
There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we, we will, today we resume our study of the big book on page 151, last paragraph, beginning with now and then a serious drinker. I will ask Austin R. to begin reading. Good morning. This is Austin R., a grateful compulsive eater. Very grateful. Now and then, a serious drinker, being dry at the moment, says, I don't miss it at all. Feel better. Work better. Having a better time. As the next problem drinker, we smile at such a sally. We know our friend is like a boy whistling in the dark to keep up his spirits. He fools himself. Inwardly, he would give anything to take a half dozen drinks and get away with them. He will presently try the old game again, for he isn't happy about his sobriety. He cannot picture life without alcohol. Someday he will be unable to imagine life either with or without it. Then he will know loneliness, such as few do. He will be at the jumping-off place. He will wish for the end. We have shown how we got out from under. You say, yes, I'm willing, but I'm consigned. But am I to be consigned to a life where I shall be stupid, boring, and glum, like some righteous people I know? I see. Excuse me. I know I must get along without liquor, but how can I? Have you a sufficient substitute? I'll share briefly on this. Um, it's beautiful, beautiful paragraphs in, in a, a chapter, A Vision for You, and I think that's what I certainly lacked. Um, I had moments of willingness prior to coming to um, the program, to recovery, but certainly couldn't see anything about a life without alcohol or a life without food or, or appropriate food. And, um, you know, one day at a time, little by slow, I am starting to see what that means. Um, and I know that by God's grace and by the, the support and strength of the experience, strength, and hope of the fellowship, I'm, I'm learning to do that. Um, but that was a challenge. I knew I needed to, I knew I needed to have a different life. I knew that the food was unhealthy for me. I had ample, ample uh, indicators of that. But just to know that there was possible options and um, it didn't have to be this way anymore, that wasn't as clear to me. Um, and I'm grateful for every day of abstinence that I, that I have. And thank you for allowing me to do this service. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Austin R. We are going to focus our comments on page 152, paragraph 1. It begins, we have shown. Who would like to comment on that paragraph? This is Janice M. Larry? Deanna B. I heard Janice M. 
Larry K, Deanna B. Dennis M, you are up first. Next well, Okay. Well, thank you so much, Santa H, and thank you for your service. This is Janice M, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Yes, we have shown. What does that mean? That means to me that, yeah, we're telling you. This is the last chat. This is a vision for you. It's our experience. By we've, we've gone through this book now, the 12 steps. So they have given us their experience on how they recovered through the 12 steps, how they got from out from under, how the obsession to eat compulsively has been removed. Okay, that's what it says to me. Now you say, okay, now now, am I going to just be, you know, bored and, 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 and stupid and, and glum and not happy like, uh, you know, other people that we know? No, 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 no. It says, I am willing. See, when I'm willing, because I've gone through the steps, I have God on my side, whom I choose to call, you know, who's my higher power, as I understand him. So now I'm not trying. See, before I got recovered, it was always I. I was trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. I can't do this. Now I'm willing. When I say I'm willing, I give it to my higher power. And he usually doesn't make, he never makes any mistakes. So, yes, I am willing, but how can I be, you know, consigned to life? Well, we're not going to be doing this. You know, my higher power is going to give us a different life, a much, much different life. And we have no idea what's ahead of us. Um, they're going to give us the answer. Uh, they want to know what the substitute is. You know, a substitute is going to take place of my old life for a new life. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Santa. Thank you, Janice M. Larry K. Santa, thank you so much for your service. Larry K., recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Um, so, you know, here in this, the second paragraph that was read, we have shown how we got, how we got, uh, out from under and yeah, that's, that's indeed what happened to me. Um, you know, the, uh, th- this practical program of action is, is exactly what I did. And, um, you know, and as a result of that, um, my life has changed and it's, then it goes on. You say, yes, I am willing. But am I to be consigned to a life where I shall be stupid, boring, and glum, like some righteous people I see? And, you know, with that, you know, what, what I'm reminded of is, is I, I had those concerns, too, you know, um, because I, I couldn't imagine a life without, you know, without my binge substances, you know. And, I mean, that, that was everywhere and all around me. I mean, any, any bit of, you know, socializing and so forth, I couldn't imagine, you know, being without that. What would my life be like? And, um, you know, what I'm reminded to is, is today, for example, you know, I, I go to a, a face-to-face meeting. And, you know, this, this particular meeting that I go to, um, it's, it, we're not a glum lot. You know, you, you wouldn't have too much trouble finding this meeting, you know, six, uh, 630 in the morning on a, on a Saturday morning, you know, you get anywhere from, you know, 60 to a hundred, um, you know, people who show up to a 12 step meeting. And, um, you know, when you, you know, when you, when you come to this meeting, um, there's a lot of, uh, laughter and there's a lot of, 
um, excitement and there's a lot of camaraderie, you know, and, and I know that um, there are meetings where, you know, that where you can go to and, and, and it's, it's really uh, glum and it's really, well, th- this particular meeting, it, you know, people have recovered. These people couldn't stop. And now through the, 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 the uh, this practical program of action, they can, and I'm among them. And that's what my life has been replaced with is, uh, is a tremendous, tremendous uh, fellowship and recovery. And um, it's, it's something that should not be missed. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Deanna B. Deanna B. Press star one. Some you. This is Deanna B. Thank you, Santa, for your service. My name is Deanna B. from Chicago. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Uh, this really says a lot, and what it brought back to me is that a couple years ago when I came back after being away from OA, uh, I was desperate. I was not only, I was willing. I had to be desperate in order to be willing for me at that time. And uh, it's really kind of exciting and different that I'm walking in a different way now. Uh, did I ever think that, you know, I should be stupid, boring, and glum? I, I just never thought about that. However, uh, my, my, my feelings of freedom, freedom from myself, like the third step prayer says, I don't have to be in there with a comment. I don't have to be in there. I can observe. I can... Just listen, and you know I'm going. I'm going to be going through some. I am going through some physical uh, issues, uh, and you know I think to myself, well, what's wrong? Normally I would be really scared. Well, although this is the first time for me on this issue, and I'm not because yes, I have found a substitute, and that's God. I never in my life thought that I would ever give up some of my alcoholic foods at all. I just couldn't think of it. And, you know, just for today, it's, it's been a while, and, and I have, and, and I have God. And I'm so grateful for you and for everybody else on the line and out there. Thank you. And I'll pass. Thank you, Deanna B. Who else would like to comment on what was read? Page 152, paragraph Dull 1. Rich. Anyone else? Nessa Hornet, Asa from Massachusetts. Nessa? Nessa, what's your last initial of your last name? Is it R? R, Nessa R. Okay, I have Charles H, Vasta O, Nessa R. Anyone else? Amy Judy e. F. Judy F. Amy G. Amy E is an Edward. Melissa C. Judy F. Yeah. Okay, I have Charles H, Vasta O, Nessa R, Amy G, and Judy F. Charles H, you are up next. 
Thank you, Sandra. Charles is a recovered visionary just for today. I'm going to say what I say and finish the face me. You sound good up there, Sandra. <laughs> um, so I just want to chime in. We're, we're not a glum lot. No, we're not. Not even on the phone. We're not glum, man. We have so much fun. Um, you know, representing recovery is a bridge back to life. So it opens up in all tentacles, just like that, that girl in a progressive uh, commercial says. You know, uh, recovery is progressive, and we have fun up in here. I can tell you, at my face-to-face meeting that I, that I go to, um, you know, we, we, we go to Chipotle's after that. We talk. It's a different – it's a meeting after the meeting. And we talk about, you know, we talk about life. We talk about, you know, we, we, you know, we talk about a whole bunch of things. We, we have newcomers there. We do step work while we, you know, eat acid and food and, you know, we, we, we talk about uh, what we're going to do at the convention, you know, keynote speakers. You know, you, you know what's so funny? I'll tell you one thing. The last convention we had, I, I slept with the keynote speaker. No, I didn't sleep with the keynote speaker. We shared a room. It was so funny, and I shared that there. And it, we weren't glum. We all we, we had fun. We talked about it. It was cool. And, uh, yeah, we, you know, we make recovery is colorful, man, you know, but being in the food is black and white. It's just black and white. It's just it's dull. Um, I had to take you know um, put the put the shades down, disconnect the phone, turn off the you know turn off the the, 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 the laptop. I didn't want to communicate nobody with me and my lover, um, which was uh, food and, and and sugar, and that's it. But now in recovery, we're so happy. We go to the town. We go to places, you know. And 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 I'm always I'm up and running. And and uh, I tell you what. I give you an example. Wind down. My sister, she's like, "Oh, I need you for a couple of hours on Saturday to move." A couple of hours turned into 13 hours. I was not too happy about it, and I was able to take that through a 10 step and come out on the other side, clean up, running, and feeling good. So with that, I'm a fast. Thanks, Shanta. Thank you, Charles H. And thank you everyone for being respectful of the time. Vasa O, you're up. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Santa, for your service. And I'm Vasa O, grateful for Recover Compulsive Overeater, calling from Massachusetts. And I could not ever imagine how life would be without certain foods that I used to have. I thought I was just going to die without them, yet I was dying with them, having them in my food plan. So when I came to the big book, I had the gift of desperation, and at that time, believe me, I didn't see it as a desperation. I found it, I saw it as a torture to put certain foods down, going through the withdrawals, and because of me dying, in you know, dying, you know, like um, surrendering those foods and dying and leaving them, putting them in God's hands, I was finding a life that I never thought I could, I never imagined I could have a life, you know, yes, I did put the food down, I was getting to, I I lived in isolation when I was into the food, I lived in my own home, I was like living in my own little world, and all of a sudden, you know, the world was opening up, opening up for me, I started meeting friends, I became abstinent, I started feeling better physically, and going through the steps, you know, emotionally, and spiritually doing I mean I was really looking forward to go to a meeting and uh, and go to the step meetings and learn and grow and heal you know God gave me 
you know, this program, it saved my life, you know, this was my last stop, because I was so much into the food, everything I tried to do, I was just, it wasn't working, I was just on the way of dying, I was not dead yet, buried in the ground, but I was gradually dying, physically, emotionally, spiritually, I mean, what a life I have today, I mean, look at you people, you're calling from different parts of the country, and some people are calling from different, I mean, from different states, and some people are calling from different countries. It's amazing the connection. Even though I don't see you face to face, I'm beginning to know the, the the voices and and talk with some of you. I've received some emails and I've sent them some emails. What a life! I can't couldn't imagine a better life than the life I have today. Thank you for letting me share. And I pass, and I took too long. Thank you, Vasa O. Nessa R. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Nessa R. I'm recovered in Toronto, Canada. I want to apologize for interrupting before. I didn't realize that the sharing had started while I was trying to unmute to put my name in. Um, But um, I love this word, sufficient. Have you a sufficient substitute? Have you a substitute that's big enough, powerful enough to counteract the food? And I think this is like all backwards, you know. God is not a substitute for food. Food is an extremely, extremely poor substitute for God. Because what I, I've been missing my whole life was, was, was a, as a proper, a good, an intimate connection with God. And um, so I was connecting with food instead. And it was a very poor substitute. Um, last night I was at a wedding. And this was a very interesting experience in the context of these two paragraphs because before being ushered into the dining hall, um, we, uh, we were in the, in the foyer having hors d'oeuvres. So we, I mean, everybody else was having hors I was watching people. And the hors d'oeuvres looked amazing and they smelled amazing and they were presented in these little pretty dainty containers and creative ways. And, you know, four years ago, I would have been running around finding every server to down as many of these, you know, dainty little things as I possibly could, you know, not taking a rest at all, just running around, running around after server, after server, after server. Um, how pathetic, how pathetic is that? And now I cannot imagine doing this. I mean, this is kind of like the reverse of, um uh, being unable to imagine life either with or without without food. And it's like I can't imagine now running around. Like what a, what a grotesque, um, shameful, ridiculous imagery that, that, that puts into my mind, you know, running around after service with, you know, little canapes. And thank God I don't have to do that because I no longer use the food as a substitute for God. And how I got there is, through this little big book. Um, I use a pocket version that I carry with me everywhere. And it's this little big book that has afforded me an amazing relationship with the true solution, which is God. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Amy E. Thank you, everybody. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Good morning, Amy E. Good morning. Uh, Abstinent and grateful here in Ohio. Um, yes, I'm willing, but am I to be consigned to a life where I shall be stupid, boring, and glum like some righteous people I see? 
boy, there's somebody who needs to do a 10th step on their old ideas, right? Already pointing the finger at other people and saying, this is, this is how I think out, um, sober people behave, or this is, how, you know, my, my thinking that abstinence meant that I was going to be some Yule Gibbons type person talking about granola, um, health and Vitamix and vitamins and um, just some super health guru and the attitude and outlook that I had about people who were like that, who were really healthy and talked about healthy eating and avoiding preservatives and all this kind of stuff. Ha, who needs them? Um, already bristling with contempt. Um, the appendix, appendix two in the big book, Spiritual Experience on page 568, reminds us with this quotation by Herbert Spencer, there is a principle which is a bar against all information which is proof against all arguments and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. The, the key for me, the key for this man here is to keep an open mind about the gifts of abstinence and the gift of Overeaters Anonymous and the gift of the friendship and the fellowship, which will um, Bill Wilson will explain more in the next paragraph. So um, it reminds me to keep an open mind and to um, be willing to set aside my old ideas about it, what it means to be abstinent, what it means to live a life without, for me, flour and sugar. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Amy E. Judy S. Judy F., press star one. We can't hear you, Judy F. Okay, who else would like to comment on this paragraph before we move on to the next one? Melissa C. Anita J. Okay, I have Melissa Renata C. D. I have Melissa C. Renata G. And anyone else? Okay, Melissa C, you're up. You're up next, and then Anita J. and then Renata G. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Sorry, I just got unmuted. Thank you. Melissa C, you may go. Hi. Good morning. It's Melissa C. Recovered compulsive overeater in New York. Um, Thank you so much. Uh, You know, shown how we've gotten out from under. And, um, you know, to me, doesn't that just say it all? You know, out from under, because that's where the food had me. I was buried alive. I was under, under the influence, under the control of, you know, what was once my king, which was food. And, you know, how have I gotten out from under? Not on my own not by exerting more self-control, not by holding on to doing it my way, not even holding on to my old definition of what was exciting and interesting and not boring. You know, I got out from under first by admitting that I was under, that I was beaten, um, that I was not fun or entertaining, um, that I was in over my head, and I just gave up and 
you know, I picked up the spiritual toolkit and I allowed God to transform me. Um, you know, and I, I think it all really comes down to that, that I, I was at a point where I couldn't deceive myself into thinking that I was fun um, any longer. You know, and today I'm not boring and stupid and glum because I'm food sober. You know, if anything, I was stupid and boring and glum when I was under the control of the food. I, you know, fear of being uninteresting without participating in the partying and the eating that's the, the lie that my disease tells me because it will do anything um, to have me back again, you know. And um, it's just I was so interesting when I, I couldn't follow a conversation if there was a plate of cookies on the table. You know, that's all that I could focus on. Um, I was glum if you had what I thought I should have. I was self-righteous because I was so quick to find in others uh, and always tell myself that I was right. You know, do I have a sufficient substitute for all of this today? <laughs> you bet I do. Um, you know, this life is immensely uh, better than what I had before. It, it's different. You know, it's certainly different. What gives me pleasure now um, doesn't come in boxes and bags and bottles. Um, it comes in actually people. You know, go figure. Relating with other people. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa C. Judy F. Judy F., press star one. Are you with us? Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Shanta A., for your service. Judy F., Recover Compulsive Overeater from Massachusetts. And um, just going to shut my time in here. Oh, when I... Before I hit a bottom and surrendered to working this program as it's laid out in the big book, and um, oh, what was going through my mind, and it was my sick mind, and I didn't know I had a sick mind, but I compared what I had done before, all the times I'd been on a diet. I remember one diet I was on for three months. It was over a summer, and I wasn't eating my binge foods. I... I was very, quote, religious on the diet, but I never went anywhere. I was invited to barbecues and parties and out with friends, and I was so afraid of the food and of life that I I basically just worked and went home, and I was weighing and measuring my food, and it was all about the food and I, I and the exercise. You know, my bulimia really kicked up. Um, but I thought, well, it's just exercise, so it's not that bad. So all I thought that's how I would have to live. And then when I came and I was given um, directions, I thought, well, if I really surrender to this program and everything that I've, um, I've suggested, I won't have a life. It'll be all about OA, and it'll be all about meetings, phone calls, step work, having a sponsor, sponsoring people, and I just didn't see any joy in that because for my sick mind, it was still about the food, that I would not have what I wanted, and that seemed like no spontaneity and no life. And because I was desperate and, and even thinking that's what it was going to be like, but my life, I hate, I was so miserable and out of control 
I, I surrendered to that and I thought, well, if that's how my life's going to be, it's better than what it is now because I was, I was on the path of suicide. And how, how so, so different my life is today. I have such a full life. Um, I mean, I could go on and on what God has given me because of that first surrender, first surrendering to abstinence and, and what I needed to do for that and then the step work and what I needed and the, the work I needed to do for that. But that's where God comes in. And I had no clue what a relationship with a higher power would do for my outlook, for everything in my life. It totally transformed my life. And so for anyone who's new and, and you can't imagine even doing one day, um, it can happen because of a higher power. It's not on my power at all. But that willingness, yes, I'm willing, but I, I say that all. Well, I'm willing, oh, and there's some time. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Judy F. Anita J. Anita J. Press star one. Okay, we move on to Renata G. Renata G, you're up. Thank you, Santa, for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G, Recovered Composable Reading, New York, by the grace of God. Um, you say, yes, I'm willing, but am I to be consigned to a life where I shall be stupid, boring, glum, like some righteous people I see? I know I must get along without liquor, but how can I? Have you a sufficient substitute? And um, you know, this is this is the delusion of of my disease. You know, um, my life was so unmanageable and so miserable that yeah, the fun for me was to eat the foods that were killing me. That was the you know, those were the, the only moments where I felt, um, you know, comforted. I felt, you know, food was everything, companionship, love, acceptance. And, uh, you know, even if just for a few seconds, even if just for a few minutes, you know, but I, 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 food was my God. Food was everything. It was the only thing I had because, Everything else in my life was falling apart and, you know, funny enough because of, you know, my spiritual malady and, you know, my my compulsive overeating, but I couldn't see that. And so when I came to this program and I was presented with the idea of abstinence, of letting go of my binge food, it was like, you know, someone removed my ground. Like, what do you mean? Like, how can I live? Like... You know, and and I thought, you know, what's what's the fun in life if I can't eat my binge foods, if I can't drink alcohol, if I can't blah blah blah. And you know, my thinking was so distorted. You know, those were just the things that were killing me. I didn't have a life. I isolated. I cheated. I lied. I you know, I I couldn't have relationships. I I avoided everything and everyone. I used to go to work and come home with a bunch of binge foods and pass out. What kind of life is that? Isn't that boring and glum? 
You know, today when I look back, like I'm so grateful. My life is so full today. You know, food is in its place. Food is just food. Food doesn't need to give me the things that I actually needed a higher power to give me. You know, today I can get love, you know, from that higher power, first of all, and from the people that I can be in relationship in my life with. You know, um, uh, you know, like having a life of usefulness today, of being able to 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 help others. And I don't want to get in the next paragraph, but you know, today my life is sane and real, and whatever comes up, I have this blueprint for living that, you know, I don't need to use substances to kill myself and think that that's the fun part of it. You know, this whole step process was a true awakening. You know, God has revealed to me that there there is a better life, a much, much better life. I did not have to live the way I was living before. And uh, with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Renata G. Anita J., you will be our last share on this paragraph before moving on to the next paragraph. Anita J.? Hi. Can you hear me, Santa? Yes, I can. Good morning, oh, Anita J. Thank you. I had to dial back in. Thank you. You sound good. <laughs> um, this is Anita J., a recovered compulsive overeater out here in Massachusetts. Um, you know, even as I read this, I think this person is is thinking the wrong way. I mean, am I going to be stupid, boring, and glum if I don't eat? That That isn't even, that's not the question. I, I actually wasn't ever really stupid, boring, and glum, except when my kids, maybe to them when they were adolescents. But the answer, the question is, can I ever just be part of a whole? Can I ever be around people and just feel like I'm one of them, sit, relax, comfortable, don't have to be the center of attention. I've had I've had resentments where I saw I don't like you because you want to be the center of attention. Well, I don't like that. I want to be it. And, you know, these are all those funny little things about ourselves that's got to change and God can do it. And it did start with the food. But then, but then working these steps, I find myself uh, not having to put any kind of a facade on. This is what you get. Uh, Physically looking at me, sometimes now I wear sleeveless dresses, which, oh, my God, I would never do. I'm just, this is what you get. And um, that has nothing to do with what you really get, which is a person now who is recovered and who cares about you, it's like I got refocused, refocused. And um, that is a wonderful substitute for whatever I got out of all that ice cream and and name all the other million things. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita J. Chelsea H. Thank you, Santa, and thank you for your service. I'm Chelsea H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater for today. Yes, there is a substitute, and it is vastly more than that. It is a fellowship in Alcoholics Anonymous. 
There you will find release from care, boredom, and worry. Your imagination will be fired. Life will mean something at last. The most satisfactory years of your existence lie ahead. Thus we find the fellowship, and so will you. And um, first of all, when I look at this part of the text, there's no instructions. There's more of a promise here to me that as a result of doing what they had shown me, they, their stories, as a result of telling me how to get out from under, following what they did, I can expect these results. And what they're telling me here also, and it actually takes me back to the doctor's opinion um, on Roman numeral 28, where my alcoholic life seemed the only normal one. So, again, I haven't recovered or anything, but I'm willing to say that I'll do the work, but they're letting me know that I don't have to be invested in the outcome because the promise of doing that work is that I will no longer be running the show and I'll actually be free. My spiritual malady, which is what I'm coming in with, will be um, put into shape to where it's no longer self-invested, it's others-invested. And the fellowship, too, this information also points out to me that there's the difference between the program of recovery and the fellowship, because doing the work is what they're talking about, how they've shown us how to get out from under, and then now they're telling us as a result the fellowship is where I will find my conviviality, my camaraderie, and it's where life will mean something. I had a problem living. I had a problem being abstinent living. I couldn't even handle that. And the um, other thing in here that really speaks to me is the fine release, and it takes me back to the whole thing with Ebby, with Bill saying, how did he get out? And also it, it reminds me of Roland Hazard asking Carl Jung how, you know, he said he felt as though the gates of hell had closed like a clang. Here we go again, people being locked in, held captive by this food. Is there no exception, he asked Dr. Jung. He said the doctor responded to him that only that vital spiritual experience sufficient enough so now the fellowship is sufficient enough to give us what the food gave us as a result of taking all the 12 steps and we can live happy joyous and free and as it says on page 132 we will be able to help others we've been given the power we've been given the power we've been transformed and we'll be able to help others and be happy doing it so i'm really grateful to look at this uh promise here of that as a result of doing the steps, I will experience something that will be a new normal for me. And I'm really grateful for that. And one day at a time, this all happens. This is not an overnight matter. Thanks for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Chelsea H. We have time for two more shares. Who would like to comment on what was read? Would anybody like to comment on what was read? We have time for two more shares. Hi, my Leia. name is Lindy. Can I share, please? I heard Leah M. And what what is your name again, please? Lindy S. Lindy S. Yes. Okay, Leah M. You are up first. Thanks very much, Santa. Yes, there is a substitute. It is vastly more 
than that, and certainly, you know, that has been um, the case. I mean, when I accepted the possibility, you know, that there was another way um, because recovered voices had carried that message to me, I didn't have to live this way anymore. I didn't have to eat that way anymore. So when I accepted the possibility um, that there was another way, and I saw the results, I heard the results, I saw the results that a miracle could and would happen, then I allowed, you know, my mind to experience one. Um, you know, it was, it was a message of hope. I didn't have to carry this burden of overcoming my illness by myself. Um, you know, that um, the real solution of compulsive overeating was going to lie within the vital spiritual experience through working the 12 steps. However, the power of the fellowship was going to support me. The power of common solution was going to change me. And that's exactly what happened. All that suffering that I had experienced was the invitation to transformation. You know, and they are speaking from experience. Experience precedes insight. That I, that they had found release. You know, what does release mean? They had been set free from confinement. They were free from bondage now. They were no longer uh, living, living in the suffering and the misery of the disease of compulsive overeating. They were no longer confined. They had um, been delivered, you know, and it wasn't just temporary relief. It was salvation, and that was attractive to me. And the, the 12 steps of recovery placed me on a new road. You know, I had been on a road of uh, self-destruction. <laughs> I had been on a road of, uh, you, know, you know, eating, um, killing myself with my own hand under the guise of seeking ease and comfort. Now the 12 steps of recovery with the support of the fellowship placed me on a, no, on a new road. I had no idea you know, where I was going exactly, um, but I had guides. Nothing was familiar. There were new signs. I didn't know exactly how to behave, but the program of recovery transformed me. I got put back together by the master's hand is what happened to me. And, uh, you know, I had no sense of family when I came here, no sense of friends, no sense of community, no ethics, no morals. All that had disintegrated because of my illness. The program of recovery put me back together the way God intended me to be. So this is not a story of me. This is a story of God's grace. And that's true for all of us uh, that are transformed. A higher power has done the work because we have cooperated with his or her Grace. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah M. Lenny S. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Good morning. Okay, good morning. I, um, I'm new to listen to you, listening to the meeting, um, but not new to OA. And I just want to say this is very inspiring, and I know I really need this, and I really want this. I really even want the spiritual malady to be overcome. Um, something happened a couple of days ago. I got very triggered around my weight and of course it made me want to um, overeat or break my abstinence. And it took me a couple of days to realize that that is um, self-seeking and self-centeredness and um, I just I, I really need the spiritual recovery and um, I've been listening to these meetings pretty much every day, and 
Um, I just want this recovery. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you, Lenny S., for sharing your experience, strength, and hope with us. We have time for one more share. Who would like to take that last share before ending this meeting? Jill Tuttle. Your name again, please. Jill T. from Pittsburgh. Jill T., you got it. Thank you very much. This is my fourth phone meeting, so I'm just privileged and thrilled to be here. And I too wanted to chime in on what the um, two 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 speakers ago shared. She's on, she was on a new path, new signs. Nothing was very familiar, but she had the fellowship to keep her on the path, and that's where I am right now. My new sponsor is my guide rail uh, to keep me from going you know, off the path. Uh, my goal is 90 meetings in 90 days, and my primary purpose for speaking up today is to make it um, internal instead of just sitting in the back seat and um, spectating these meetings. I wanted to uh, be involved so that the experience is more real for me. And good reading. It was actually my reading in my um, meeting yesterday morning so it's good to hear it again it's good to hear um, new snippets of it and that yes I am willing for the change as scary as that is I'm just keeping my eyes on my higher power and on my sponsor and I can't wait to see who I'm going to be in 90, 90 days from now after listening to 90 meetings thank you for your time thank you T, for sharing your experience strength and hope with us we have time for one more two-minute quick share. Would anybody like to take that spot before closing? Maura Z. Maura Z, you are up. Thank Rita you. S. Uh, Maura Z um, is up. Uh, we don't have time for any more shares. Sorry. Hi, Sandra. Maura Z. Maura Z. Recovered in Virginia. Thank you so much for your service this morning. I tried to get unmuted earlier, but I was having technical difficulties. Um, I, I wanted to share on the previous paragraph um, just briefly. Um, like someone else said earlier, I thought I was a happy person. I thought I was, you know, good and fun at all the parties I went to, and I was fun to be around. And, and um, it turned out that was all a facade. It was fake. It was what I wanted you to see. It was the person I wanted to be, but I didn't know how to be. And so I acted as if. Um, the problem was I wasn't being real. It was all just, you know, like I said, a facade. Today I have a life that is filled with joy on a daily basis, even amongst trials and tribulations. And... Um, I could not be more grateful to have God in my life today. I'll just keep it short and sweet. Thank you for allowing me to share, and you all have a good day on task. Thank you, Maura Z. And thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. I will ask Penny C. to please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Santa. This is Penny C., Recovered Compulsive Overreader from Boston area. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. 
God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.